Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Oh my goodness, howdy, howdy, howdy. It is Saturday. And I know everybody's uh, having a great weekend. This is Doug Bassler. Welcome to Doug and Marty versus the world. Unfortunately, Mr. Marty McClendon is uh, not with us, but he will return next week. I'm sure uh, uh, with uh, fully loaded with uh, great excuses for neglecting his brother on our radio show. But... But, and this is a big but because we need to have more big butts in the world. And that is, I have two amazing apostolic prophetic friends who, unlike many weak need lily livered pastors, actually engage in the political process. It's weird, but true. Let me introduce to you Tim Taylor from Kingdom League. And Bruce Cook, and I don't know what he's from, <laughs> but I'm sure he'll tell us. Welcome, gentlemen, to Doug and Marty versus the World. So glad you guys could make it with us today. Thank you, sir. Great to be with you. Thanks. So, so Dr. Bruce Cook, author, conference speaker, apostolic voice to America, and actually the nations. What are you up to these days, brother? Oh, it's... Uh... You know, jam-packed as usual. Uh, God's opening lots of doors. And, uh, hey, we're 10 days out from the uh, election, the primary election here in Washington State. So uh, it's uh, all hands on deck for getting our uh, conservative candidates selected, including you, Doug Basser. So uh, I'm uh, the district chair here in the uh, for the Republican Party here in the 26th district in Pierce County. So uh, we've got uh, lots of good, great candidates here, and uh, we're working hard to get those elected. So uh, just, you know, uh, fighting the good fight. And that's an amazing thing that, you know, someone who we would all look up to, Bruce, we love you, and yet you're willing to serve as a district chairman for legislative district. That's 26, right? 26, yes. Correct. Okay, that's a great district. Uh, and uh, it's like herding cats. Great. <laughs> Tim well, Taylor. I, I think, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to you. Tim Taylor, Kingdom League International. Tim Taylor has been with us on the program before also, and he has been absolutely instrumental in organizing prayer movements uh, and prayer um, initiatives uh, not only here in Washington State, but literally uh, across the nation and around the world. Tim, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? I'm doing outstanding, but it will get better. Thank you. <laughs> well, it, it's looking up. It's completely looking up. And um, now let's. I, I'm just going to go ahead and 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 jump in because it's it's kind of um, it's super exciting to me to have the two of you on the program today. Even though Marty's not here, too bad. So sad. He's missing out. Uh, but he can listen to the replay. Um, what is it that you believe, uh, and I'm going to start with you, uh, Dr. Bruce, what is it that you believe that God is saying about America 
right now when it comes to the politics, the church, the Christian, and and just that whole, you know, as you know, because this is obviously on a a, a, a Christian network, and um, so what what is what is the Lord like saying? Well, several things. One, uh, America is a Christian nation. Uh, un, you know, unabashedly, unashamedly, a Christian nation. That's how we're founded. That's our that's our identity. That's our origin, and that's our destiny. Uh, talk about manifest destiny. Our manifest destiny is a Christian nation, and uh, that's our heritage, and that's our future. And uh, I think our best days are ahead of us. So. Uh, we've had some great, great days in the in the past, um, despite uh, uh, sociologists and historic revisionists and Marxists that want to come in and, uh, you know, uh, beat up uh, all the founding fathers over slavery and uh, other uh, things like that. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we had uh, uh, a great constitution. We've had uh, a great sacrifice, and the nation's been built on blood of, uh, of patriots and uh, uh, innovation, and uh, uh, and a lot Freedom. of prayers, a lot of prayers as well. You know, from uh, uh, believing uh, those who believed in in God and stood on uh, Christian principles, and and actually had a moral compass. And knew the difference between right and wrong. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I believe that uh, we had that chance again this year, and I believe this year, in 2022, we we have uh, an opportunity that comes around every 20 to 30 years uh, in election cycles to flip the House and the Senate, both uh, at the state levels and at the national level. Okay, well, I'm I'm uh, totally in agreement with you on that. Um, might be some rough days ahead, but we we're heading somewhere, and it's going to be good. Tim Taylor, I just pose the same question to you. What do you think the Lord is saying about you know what's happening right now? Well, I would submit to you that uh, you know part of my role has been that like of a watchman, and so in a few years in the most recent past, I've written about the origins of the Democrat Party. I've written about the uh, of, of modern day false prophets, for example, like Marx and Engels, who wrote the Communist Manifesto, of which the Socialist Party, excuse me, the Democrat Party, uh, oh, it's the so Socialist Democrat Left Party, isn't it, uh, has adopted. And the thing is, in the original document, they talked about the abolition of a, a religion, the abolition of family, and the abolition of individual identity. And then when you put their original plan in context of what's unfolding today, I would submit to you, we, um, I, I would ask this question, how are you enjoying your experiment and your taste of socialism in America? Yeah, not too it's much. <laughs> it's not too good. It reminds me, I saw a big Star Trek fan. I don't know, the newer Star Treks, maybe not so much, but the older ones, it sounds like the Borg, you know. We're going to absorb you. You'll be part of the collective. Your individuality will be, you know, absorbed into the whole and uh, resistance is futile. But well, is resistance, like <laughs> yeah, is, is resistance futile, brother? Absolutely not. Because, you know, this whole thing we're, we're engaging in today, all, all that's happening right now, we're, we're talking about what's happening in America. 
And the thing is, we're talking about politics somewhat, but the truth is, this is in every sphere. And in Revelation chapter 12, it talks about how there was a war in heaven that spilled on the earth. And, uh, and it talks about how the adversary went to make war with the remnant of God's seed. And I will submit to you, it's the same old war that's been playing out generation by generation, society by society, with evil against good. And I have this wonderful scripture that I love. It's in Ecclesiastes 10, 2, and it says, A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's is on his left. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, isn't it, though? I think that, you know, I was reading about the resurrection of Jesus this morning in Mark chapter 14, and it said when they went into the tomb, the ladies came, the stone was rolled away, they saw a young man, and it says uh, sitting there, but when you go into the Greek, it said sitting on the right. (laughs) I'm like, okay, the angels are on the right, so if you want to go with the other guys, uh, go to the left. Dr. Bruce, uh, is resistance futile, brother? Never. Never. Now, we know we went in the end. We, we already, uh, if you read the end of the book, Revelation, you know that uh, God's people win. And, uh, and, and Jesus wins. He's victorious. Uh, he's king of kings, lord of lords. And, uh, you know, the thousand-year reign is the reign of Jesus <laughs> and his people, not the reign of... Uh, the Antichrist, not the reign of Satan, not the reign of any earthly king. And, uh, you know, in, in Daniel, it says that God raises up kings. He, first of all, he turns the hearts of kings. And then he also says he raises up kings and and brings down kings and so and kingdoms. And so uh, God is sovereign. And, uh, and so resistance is never futile as long as you're on the right side, you know, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joshua, and Joshua fell down and, and said, you know, uh, who, who are you, and, and have you come to help us? He said, I'm, I'm on the Lord's side. He said, <laughs> and Joshua said, well, I, I better get on that side, too, you know, yeah. and uh, so we just need to make sure we're on the right side. So That's good. Point. So good. You and, know, and, uh, I, as- and if I could interject there. It's not that really you can talk about politics today, who's left, who's right, whatever. The issue is the, the issue is where do you stand in relationship to where God's standing? Yeah, that's what Dr. Bruce was saying. That, that's that what was the really that's what the angel said, right? He said uh, he said, "Are you are for us or for our adversaries?" The angel said, "Neither." Yeah. Right? He's on, he he is not coming to take sides, as I've heard Rick Joyner say. He's coming to take over. <laughs> and if we let him take over, the key, I think the key to this thing is obedience. Would you agree? Absolutely. So yes. so the Chris, the individual Christian, I want to I want to drill this down a little bit here because the individual Christian, a lot of times we feel isolated, we feel uh inadequate. Uh, the devil comes to accuse us. He reminds us of our former sins, all these different things to try to make us ineffective. What can the individual believer do to uh, to become more obedient and to just walk in faith? Dr. Bruce, I'll defer to you. Well, uh, Jesus answered and told his disciples, he said, uh, you know, and told the Pharisees, the, you know, the, the work you need to do is to believe. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's the first work is to believe on him. That's been sent, believe on Jesus, believe on his words. And if you don't believe the miracles, Jesus said, well, believe, at least believe in me, you know, believe in me, believe, 
And uh, if you don't believe my miracles, believe in me, believe in the word. And uh, so belief, belief is, uh, is uh, foundational, you know, that's first and foremost. And uh, so we have to, because uh, Hebrews 3 says about the Israelites, it says they entered not in to the promised land due to unbelief, you know, uh, doubt and fear, unbelief. So uh, we have to get it settled in our spirits that uh, uh, we were born in the fullness of time for our purpose and destiny. Uh, God didn't make a mistake with, with sending us, you know, here to planet Earth uh, and, the, and our time, our era, our generation. No, he sent us here on assignment, on purpose, on destiny, and we need to grab hold of that and run with it with gusto. Uh, all the days of our life, and uh, so that uh, the Lord will breathe on it and bless it and uh, uh, bring redemption and his glory through us into the world so that Habakkuk 2 can be fulfilled, so that the glory of God will cover the earth uh, as the waters cover the sea. Okay, so let me let me bounce this over to to Tim. So based on what Dr. Bruce just talked about, this having faith. Now, I believe the opposite of faith is fear. And he mentioned that, right? That fear had kept them. So it's it's another kind of faith. It's faith in my weakness, right? Or my inadequacy versus faith in God, right? So what role do you believe courage has in this operation of faith? Well, first off, you gotta we gotta realize that the actual root of courage actually is love. King David, his name literally in the Hebrew means uh, beloved. And uh, the thing that made David such a tremendous warrior was this fact was his love. Because the thing is, love will respond one way in intimacy with our Heavenly Father or with our spouse, but then it responds a totally different way. It's like if somebody comes to threaten my spouse, my wife, love will compel me to do something very different. Because the thing is, I was contemplating that uh, Dr. Bruce brought up about the unbelief. It says in James 2.19, even the devils believe and tremble, uh, or the demons believe and tremble. You know, and the thing is, he goes on to say, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. Now, one of the keys is also comes out of Timothy, where it says, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That means a disciplined thought life. And this is where it becomes so critical to do two things. Number one, we need to know what God's word says. You need to spend time in it. Did you know that only about 9% of people have even read the Bible through one time according to a Barna poll? Most people have no clue what it says. Number two, we need to spend time in his presence with Holy Spirit so he can teach us and we can, we can commune with him. And that's how we get to know the voice of the Lord. And then that's what we can use to direct our actions because it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, a spiritual one or a spiritual man judges all things, not people, things like words and actions, but yet he's judged by no one. And the thing is, we must remember that in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 through 10, it says we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of ourselves. And my question, my challenge, I just did this just before this call, because I saw what our representative Kim Shriver did with regards to the re trying to redefine marriage and things like that. And my question was, silent Christian, how long will you be silent? Because you know what? Evil's on the left, 
right, the good is on the right, and the devil owns the fence in the middle. There is no straddling the fence in these days because of time. being silent in these days is like standing with evil. We have a choice to make. And my, my question is, what do you want heaven to report about what you did this day? Uh, you know, it's uh, what you're reminding me of is, the, is where Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, and my words in this wicked adulterous generation, then I'll be ashamed of you. Dr. Bruce, I want to, I want to come back over to this because I really like what, where Tim's going with this. And that is uh, in John, he says, my sheep know my voice and another, they will not follow. So how can a Christian know his voice? Oh, well, we know our, we know, we know our, the shepherd's voice by spending time with him. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, the the sheep, the sheep and the shepherd have a daily uh, uh, lifestyle, a daily interaction. Uh, he opens the, uh, you know, the sheep pen, the sheep fold. In fact, uh, some some analogies have the shepherd being the the gate where he sleeps uh, in the, you know, at the entrance to the to the sheep fold, and uh, the wolf can't enter except it goes through the shepherd. You know, but. Uh, uh, and, and, and so the, you know, I, I once worked for a biometric company that, um, had, uh, made software, uh, to, uh, remote, uh, access for, uh, you know, using the human, uh, voice. And I, I learned there that the human voice has 42 unique, uh, traits, uh, measurable traits, uh, amazingly enough. And so, um, and so, you know, like pitch, timber, all kinds of other things. And so, so the human voice, um, uh, you know, uh, is unique. It can be captured in, in our memory banks. And, and, and so, um, so the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Uh, they hear it and they hear it on different occasions. They hear it when the wolf attacks, when the bear attacks, or when the coyotes attack or whatever predators uh the different areas might be there they also hear it when they get lost or when when they might be sick or when it's time to shear the wool and so they get comfortable and familiar with it over time you know uh and but then the the scripture also says there in john 10 but the voice of a stranger they will also not uh partake of or not uh you know they, they will recognize the voice of a stranger and not have anything to do with it. So that's, that's the, the double-edged sword there. The double-edged sword is we know the voice of Jesus and voice of the Holy Spirit, but we also have the discernment to uh, recognize when it's a false voice, a counterfeit voice, voice of the world, voice of, uh, of Satan, or a demonic voice, uh, that's that's speaking things uh, contrary to the word, contrary to sound doctrine. Yeah, and Paul even said, right, that, that the devil appears as an angel of light, right? And so he comes looking good. And right now there's a lot of prophetic voices out there. I mean, especially on YouTube. I hate to say it, but there's a lot of like, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. And I kind of like, there's like three or four guys that I, I kind of like drop in and listen to. I like Kent Christmas. I like uh, Timothy Dixon. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really a fan of, uh, Tim Sheets. I like, um, uh, Robin Bullock. And it's so funny because I'll like on a weekly basis, I kind of drop in 
And when they all like say the same thing in a different way, oh, the other guy is who's the guy in Vegas? Uh, Thompson, Mike Thompson. And right. like, I'll listen to like, you know, a couple of these guys, right? When I'm mowing my lawn or whatever, yeah. and they're saying the same yeah. thing. And so you, you hear this kind of agreement and it resonates yeah. with you because you're reading your Bible because you're spending time with the Lord, right? Right. Then you get, when you get the agreement, uh, there's other synonyms for that triangulation or pattern. When you, when you see a pattern, uh, you know, coming together of uh, the same themes or the same words coming together, either for yourself or from uh, a variety of prophets all speaking the same things, then it's a uh, confirmation, uh, you know, and, uh, and you better listen. You always have to have that, but, I, but it, I, it, a friend it, of mine it, said, the it, Lord's it, always broadcasting, but do people tune in, you know, do they tune their radio into what he's right. saying? Let me jump right. over to Tim yes. on this, Tim. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you think now? I, this is, it reminds me what Dr. Bruce was saying reminds me of something I heard a while back about the manna test, right? He's going to give manna every morning. Are you going to be willing to go out and gather the manna, right? And do that. And so that's kind of that, you know, out after the Exodus, right? It was kind mm -hmm. of a test. Like, will we go out and eat the bread of life? You know, cause Jesus himself said, Hey, I am the bread of heaven, right? I am the manna. True. Well, the thing is, you know, you guys started with this whole concept of the voice of the Lord. And the thing is, there's the voice we hear from the prophets. It says in 1 Corinthians uh, 14, 29, it says, let the prophet speak two or three, let the others judge. And so whenever we hear words like what you're describing like that, we have to make some decisions. Number one, is that the voice of the Lord? Number two, what's the character of the one that's uh, delivering it? Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 through 20. Number three, we have to discern, is this the Lord? Yes or no? Because if it's not the Lord, then it's like, don't pay attention to it. But if it is the Lord, then what does he require of us to do? Nice. What, right? Faith in action again. So there's a, where wisdom comes in. It's like, okay, Father, this is what you're saying, because I'll guarantee you, this is one of the elements that I have observed over the years. There's lots of prophets out there that will speak the word of the Lord, but prophetic, prophetic words are usually uh, conditional, and they're usually waiting for somebody who will come along, motivated by the love of God, informed by the wisdom of God, who will put their faith in action with wisdom to bring the prophetic into reality. So that we get these prophetic words. God's looking for people to respond, because when it goes back to the voice of the Lord, I challenge you. Uh, anybody who's listening, go to Deuteronomy 28 and look at verse 1 through 14, where it talks about those who hearken to obey the voice of the Lord and all the blessings that come upon you. And then look at verse 15 through the end and all the bad things that occur when you don't. And see, I would submit this to you. God is the creator of the universe. He designed everything how it works. And so often today, people so misjudge the judgment of God, because you know what? God told us how the, the world works, and sometimes we do stupid things. It's just like the people that practice homosexuality and stuff. The CDC in a 2010 report said how they experienced a 300% greater chance of sexually transmitted diseases. They were two and a half times more likely to commit suicide, and they died 20 years sooner. And the thing is, it's not that God judged them. It's just that you didn't pay attention to how the world was designed or how the God designed the human body. It's like going to drink out of a sewer. That's what it is, practicing that kind of lifestyle, because there were certain things that God did not design to work a certain way. And by us ignoring that, if I, I would challenge you even now, 
Look at the condition of our nation. Look at the confusion, the chaos. Look at the plagues that have come. Look at how we are being defeated before our enemies. And look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 15 through the end. And you'll see the signs of those who did not obey the voice of the Lord. And part of our problem is we've listened to too many lies and propagated too many lies. We've put up with too much untruth. Okay, so I'm, you know, I got to unpack what you just said, brother, because that's that was a download. Well, I want to, um, what what what's resonating with me is that, um, we have to have, and I think you both said this. We got to have that personal relationship with the Lord, and that that takes an effort. That takes us making the effort to read our Bible and pray and listen. And, you know, it's my habit to do that every morning. And, um, and I do allow myself not to do it on Sunday because on, uh, in the, the manna test, right, they gathered twice as much on uh, basically on, for them on Friday. And then they didn't do it on They weren't actually allowed to do it on Sunday, right? That with the rest test or whatever. But let's say um, a lot of people are following prophetic voices, but they don't have that connection with the Lord. You know what I'm saying? So that all of a sudden um, there's like this smorgasbord of prophetic voices. Now, the other thing I've noticed is that sometimes this is myself just being completely transparent here. There's some prophetic voices that feed the flesh. Like, Ooh, I like that one. That one's, that one's, you know, money and stuff and good. And feel, you know, it's uh, you know, the flesh loves to be uh, happy. And some of the prophetic words I'm like, Ooh, that's a tough word. I like that. Um, so just kind of bring me, bring, let's land this plane, Tim. But I want to know um, how that integrates, right? How does that integrate? You're, you're the prayer guy. I mean, we, we know Tim Taylor. He's the prayer team guy. So if I might submit to you, I have to say something before we go on to answer the question. With what you just brought up about the manna test, I think you ought to do something along the lines of Paul Harvey, a show sometime, you know, for the rest of the story. That was a yeah, pun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me help you with that. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I mean, my, my dad used to listen to Paul Harvey a lot when he yeah. was alive. So I did get well, some of that. You can do a whole thing on the manatest for the rest of the story. The manatest anyway, of the so, rest. So the thing is, you talked about that. I would submit to you. It goes back to Hebrews chapter uh, 12, verse 6. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And if he chastens you or corrects you, he treats you like yeah. a son. Super That's good. just part of the relationship. And so the challenge for us is, so for example, I, all those uh, ministers you spoke of, I listen to off and on. I respect them greatly. But even then, we all have to make decisions every single time about, because guess what? We're all human. We all make mistakes. We all grow in things. We need to discern. It's like, okay, they said this is, well, what, how does that compare to what God's word says? Because in the process of this, what happens is we begin to examine events, words, anything like that. And we begin to say, well, Father, what does it say? We begin to look at his word or begin to commune with him. Guess what happens? Our relationship with him begins to grow in the challenge. It's marvelous. It's a wonderful yeah. thing. So and, good. you know, speaking as one who have been corrected many times, and I look continually. To, yeah, <laughs> the woodshed. I mean, praise God. That's awesome. Bless the Lord for the woodshed. Otherwise, we'd probably not be here. Uh, Bruce, anything to before we move on? 
Yeah, just uh, to build on what Tim was saying there, <clears throat> he's re- he's kind of uh, he re- he's referencing progressive revelation. I, being an author, you know, have written nine books and have several others in my spirit. I'd like to write when I get the time to, but um, you know, I've helped others write their books as well <clears throat> as a publisher, and so. Uh, I find quite often, as Tim is alluding to there, that uh, as an apostle or as a teacher of the word, uh, you get progressive revelation. You know, you'll today you'll have one uh, one part of the truth, one one uh, uh, you know dimension of revelation, and uh, maybe next year or next week or next month or next season, uh, uh, God will add to that. And you'll have a deeper dimension or an extra layer of dimension of, of revelation uh, to to go with that or to add to that, you know. Yeah. And and so. Uh, well, there's no there's no end to the his depths, or his heights, right? I mean, the height, the breadth, the width, uh, the length. It it doesn't. There's it's eternal. Amen. We should Amen. we should be getting more. We should be getting higher. We should, our our relationship with the Lord should be getting more exciting, not less exciting. You know, in, in the Exodus and, and, and through the, the five books of the Pentateuch, they start getting tired of the manna. Remember kind of like the Keith, Keith Green song. So you want to go back to Egypt, (laughs) you know, kind of a thing. Hey, this manna is not good. We want leeks and garlics and things like that. So we want to be careful about that. And that brings me to my next topic because this topic is like the topic. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. So that that means there's something a little uncomfortable. I, I don't know if there are any tuck and roll crosses, any padded crosses, any air conditioned crosses. What what's your thoughts on that, Dr. Bruce? Well, Paul, you know, Paul as an apostle said, I die daily, you know. And follow me as I follow Christ. So, um, uh, you know, it, I would say this. Also, in Scripture, there's correlation. As you study the Word, you'll see there, you'll find that there's probably a dozen Scriptures at least where um, suffering and uh, suffering and growth or suffering and the glory of God and suffering are intertwined or linked together. And you don't get the glory of God without having uh, the suffering. You don't, you don't get the benefits and the fruit, the full dimension of the fruit of, um, of the Spirit and the sacrifice of Christ without uh, experiencing partaking. Uh, actually, it's the word communion, you know, communitas, communion, uh, quantania, uh, but partaking uh, in his, uh, as we partake in, you know, in baptism, we go, we're, we're immersed, you know, we're baptized, uh, into, uh, his death and then resurrection, uh, symbolically, uh, as we're, uh, immersed in the water, uh, for, into new life, but, and, and symbolizing the death of our old life, uh, and, and washing away of our sins, uh, symbolically, but, uh, the, um, we're partaking, you know, of his sufferings, and uh, and also, in, I believe, uh, in Timothy, it says uh, that uh, all who would live righteously in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So those are 
Some of those are top now, of now, mind. Now you're, now you're getting down to it. Okay. Cause <laughs> I'm like, okay, look. So if you're not getting you're, persecuted, you're, hey, you're, you you you're, must be you must be uh you must you must be uh, not, not not much of a threat to the, to Satan. Yeah, see see so you're 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 getting that's what I love about you, brother. You're getting up there and you're getting into that theology and everything else, and then you bring it down to persecution, brother. But there's there's also uh, I believe a willing cross where it costs you something. For example, fasting. Right, fasting is like my body don't dig it. All right. Mm. There's there's a serving. There's spending a, a long time in prayer, Brother Tim. Right. Mm. There's this 24 seven house of prayer thing that you've been stretching for that 3 a.m. shift. Sometimes that can be the cross. Right, brother. Yes, sir. So talk about the cross. I want you to jump in on this. Well, you know, I, I love the direction it's going because the truth is, you know, um, if we become a fellowship with him in that, we will also fellowship in the resurrection. I'm going back to Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith, and it talks about some were tortured. And here's part of my context here. Okay, so just yesterday, I got another, uh, the fake checkers, uh, you know, slapped my wrist on Facebook, and they did some stuff with stuff I said. And some people today look at that as persecution. You know, it's not right. It's, it's a lie, all that kind of crazy stuff. But it's nothing like what I have a ministry, an orphanage in Burma. And then just a few days ago, a 60 millimeter round landed in front of the a house of the, a pastor. Praise God, it didn't go off. I had another, our minister, his brother was shot at by these folks. And we've watched the fighting come within 40 yards. And they're persecuting them because they're believers. They bombed our house of prayer. So persecution there and persecution here are two totally different things. But see, today I would submit to you, we need to die to ourselves. And unfortunately, in America, we have been sold a bag of, I'll let you fill in the blank. Something um, not tasty. No, it goes <laughs> along with the same word that was translated in Jeremiah 45 times translated images, but in the Hebrew means shapeless pile of dung pellets. Okay. Did I just really say that? You did. Yes, you I did. did. You just quoted that's the what Bible the accurately. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's, so that's let me. The Lord looks at idolatry. All right. So I'm going to uh, jump back over to Dr. Bruce. Is the cross being preached in Western Christianity right now? Are we hearing it coming from the pulpit in Western the Western culture? Not very often, uh, not not often enough. I mean, you have to look. You have to go back to fir the first chapter of First Corinthians. There, uh, you know, Paul saying, uh, you know, to to one group, you know, the Greeks it's this, to the Jews it's that. You know, to one group it's a stumbling block, and and to the others, you know, it's it it causes them, you know, other problems, and you know, it's it's a barrier, and and. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's uh, the the cross is the central point of history, and that's why it's you know uh, before Christ and after Christ, you know, Amadeus uh, uh, Domini, you know, on on the timeline of history, uh, it's right there. And uh, uh, but no, uh, the without the cross, Paul said without without. The, Without uh, without the cross, without resurrection, uh, I'm the most foolish of all men. 
He was very blunt, very candid uh, in scripture. He said, let's eat, drink, and be merry uh, for it doesn't really matter if there's not a, if there's not a, a, a resurrection, if there's not a resurrection of the dead. Yeah. Uh, if there's not a cross, you know, and forgiveness of sins and resurrection of the dead. No, uh, it has to, that has to be there. There has to be all the things that the cross accomplished. See, but look, let me say this. There's the finished, uh, theologically, there's the finished work of the cross and all the things that it did, you know, propitiation, redemption, uh, and, uh, and, and atonement, many other things I don't have time to deal with here. But, uh, and, and Christ did the finished work of the cross there in his mission on earth. But today, Christ is still living in heaven. He still uh, has work, he's ongoing work in heaven that he's, he's still at the right hand of God. He's the mediator of a new covenant. He's our high priest. And First uh, John 2, 1 says that he's an, our advocate. So he's our uh, defense attorney in heaven, you know, uh, and, and the courts of heaven. So uh, Jesus has lots of things. You know, he's, he's getting ready uh, to be a, bri a bridegroom. He's getting ready to be king of kings and lord of lords. He's got lots of stuff he's doing. See, I, if I don't, unless I go and build uh, many mansions for you, you know, and prepare uh, for all these things, uh, you know, and my father's house, there's many, many rooms. So, uh, there's lots of things that, uh, is, is ongoing there, but no, the, the, there's not enough emphasis, I think on the cross. Uh, that's, that's why we have so much, uh, false teaching on uh, greasy grace. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, that, uh, grace, uh, as a license to sin and that, uh, um, people can't lose their salvation. And that's just uh, false teaching, in my opinion. Tim, um, you know, I love what you just said, how you compared uh, persecution in Burma, uh, Myanmar, that's going on right now because of the, you know, uh, the coup and all the stuff that's going on versus persecution that we might get uh, having a bad post on Facebook or something like that or a bad comment or whatever. Um, I want to... Um, I want to talk about just my own personal experience in that um, I feel the Lord um, wants us to experience where we know that we're going to go into something and it's not going to be comfortable, right? It's going, like I said, fasting, prayer, those types of things, or evangelism. So I do a lot of street stuff. So last, last Saturday, I got hit with a blunt object, homeless dude you know, threw it at me in my, you know, my ribs hurt for a couple of days after that hit me in the side. And, uh, he was going to start throwing glass bottles at me, but another homeless person jumped in and I was like praying, I'm like, Lord, I need angels right now. Cause I'm, you know, so there, there can be physical, uh, discomfort or whatever, but I've always looked at street as the cross, right? It's never great to go out and to confront publicly openly uh with the gospel but yet at the same time i feel the pleasure of the lord like he's yeah. like i like this doug let's do this again this because he's writing yes. us right he's in us he's he's having fun with us so how can that be where you can suffer and yet have the, the peace of the lord and have the joy of the lord well, I would submit to you, I go back to the, I brought the scripture about correction out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse six. Well, if we go back a little bit before that and read what it says, we find the hall of faith. 
And there it says, some were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. So others had trial of mocking, scourging, yes, change, imprisonments. They were stoned, sawn in two. You were almost like stone there, my brother. And, uh, and I have another minister myself. She does the same thing you do in Olympia. And just about two months ago, somebody pulled the knife on her, had somebody not intervened, she could have been stabbed. You know, and so the thing is, that's real, that's real, and that's out there. But it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which would so easily ensnare us, and run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That, my friends, is the key to authority in heaven, but also on earth. And I can tell you, when we've gone out and we go to places like that, and I don't care if we're talking about in the boardroom of a business, in the halls of legislature, or on the streets, Yes, when you see the glory of God manifest in you and through you, you see more miracles out there like that. And I would submit to you, God's trying to get the ecclesia, the church, outside its four walls back into society. So um, Jesus said, take up your cross daily, right? And I believe, and I'm just going to you know throw this out there, but that that means that we need to, to find a way to personally sacrifice physically so for example the widow's two mites right she's not you know that was the cross for her she didn't just give uh, a little bit of what she had she gave everything she had because she was she was needing god to do something for her right and god saw jesus saw that right um the apostles they they said the holy spirit said set apart paul and barnabas and they they laid hands on them and they kicked them out <laughs> you go right um lester sumrall uh, one time they asked him how he could be a great man of God. And he said, well, I don't know that I'm a great man of God, but he says, I do try to do this every day. I want to do something to serve God and something to serve my fellow man. How does, how does that resonate? Dr. Bruce? Is that, does that sound like the cross to you, brother? It does. It kind of goes back to that chapter again. And in first Corinthians, I mentioned in, in, and it's the foolishness you know, Paul said the foolishness uh, to, to the Jews, it's foolishness to the Greeks, it's a stumbling block, you know, and, and, and to the world today, the cross is, is foolishness, you know, they're like, oh, well, who wants to suffer? Well, who, oh, who, who wants to uh, undergo uh, torture or, you know, who wants to, or he, even who wants to undergo inconvenience uh, today or even discomfort? But could we just, what? could we just start there? Could we yeah. just let ourselves, you know, what is it in, uh, you know, you're kind of reminding me of like in, I think it was first Corinthians where he's talking about people suing each other. Hey, wouldn't it be better to just like, not like to accept wrong. Right. Or something like that. That I think the cross is the attitude that I, I'm not that important and that I need to serve the Lord and I need to serve my fellow man. Like Lester Summerall said, I'm going to serve the Lord today and I'm going to do something for someone else. And sometimes some, doing something for someone else is forgiving somebody that doesn't deserve it. Right. Or, or just accepting the mistreatment or, or, um, you know, whatever it is. And maybe if we started there, brother Tim, then maybe we would like that. You know, I, I what I found <laughs> is you start off and you're like, okay, this is uncomfortable, but 
wow, I like this. And I sense the Lord is on me on this. And maybe that's the way that we start out. So what, what advice or what counsel would you submit to our listeners this morning about how to get started in taking up their cross every day? I would still, I would submit. And do you know why I say I submit? Because Jesus called us to be kings and priests. Kings do two things. They judge, they make decisions, and then also make war to enforce the will of the government they represent. And when you, when I say I submit, you have to make a decision. I'm trying to get you to act like a king and decide. But the bottom so line good. is, you know, I would submit. You need to make a commitment to spend time in the word daily. Because truly, he is our daily bread, and so few actually do that. Did you know if you read three chapters a day, you can read the whole Bible in a whole year? And if you do that, you would become part of the 80, uh, uh, excuse me, the 89%. You'll begin to cause that number to go down and begin to grow. So we need many more people to know what the Word says. And then also spend some time, just like what you said, every day you spend time with the Lord in the Word, but also in prayer. And that's a great place to start. So, uh, Dr. Bruce, I'm assuming you, I'm assuming you agree with him. Doesn't the Bible say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of of God? uh, Yeah. Okay. The word of God. I was going to say the word of Mike Thompson, but that's not it. Yes, absolutely. It sure does. So, uh, yeah, I would say, uh, that's a great start. And I would say, uh, you know, the, uh, the golden rule, you know, uh, love, love your neighbors. You love yourself, you know, and, uh, do good unto others. And, uh, uh, but also uh, uh, the um, uh, uh, forgive others, you know, so that God will forgive you. And also be merciful to others because God is a merciful God. And uh, you want God to show mercy to you. Um, and uh, so uh, these are very simple things you can do on a daily basis that make your life better, that make uh, the world better, and that... Uh, uh, get you, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, how, how can I get, uh, how can I grow spiritually? How can, um, um, I, you know, get promoted spiritually or whatever, you know, and, and spiritual service. And I say, well, that's, it's easy. I said, serve another person's ministry, uh, and, you know, uh, die faster and die more often <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The two most powerful people in the universe are trying to kill you, the devil and God. And, uh, you know, you got to decide which one you want to die for. Right. You know, there's a, there's yeah. a proverb that says the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And then, um, so I want to encourage our listeners to listen to these two apostolic voices, Tim Taylor and Bruce Cook, and make that first step, pray and read your Bible. Even if you just read one chapter a day, right? I mean, faith is going to come. It's going to start growing. So we make that step. Guess what happens if you miss tomorrow or whatever? The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times and keeps getting back up. So even maybe you got started reading the Bible, right? Uh, Pastor Tim, you get started reading the Bible and you don't, and you fall out. What do you do then? Right. Do you give up? I'm a failure. Nope. You just pick it up and go again. Can I go back to something that Dr. Bruce said about love your neighbor as yourself? And you want to talk about the cross and everything like that. Let me share with you the origin of the golden rule. It's out of Leviticus chapter 19, verse 17, and it says this, and it has to do with speaking truth. 
you shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance nor bear a grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, amen. <laughs> and that's not New Testament. No, sir. That's, that's is, been around forever. And, and, and what happened when the, the, the Pharisee or the lawyer or whoever came up to Jesus and he said, what's the greatest commandment, you know, and uh, Jesus said, well, what do you think? And he said, well, I think you're supposed to love the Lord your God and you're supposed to love your neighbors yourself. And Jesus said, well said, you're good. Not far from the kingdom. Right. So um, so that's great. All right. Well, we've uh, we've talked about um, some interesting things today. We don't have a lot of time left in the program, but I want to um, sort of bring this all together as we get ready to land this plane. And so we, we've got to have this relationship with the Lord and we've got to, uh, you know, have faith and courage like Dr. Bruce was saying. And, you know, there are prophetic voices and there are words, but are these prophetic voices that are speaking right now and they're talking about this coming revival and, and things like that. And, and we're all seeing things right in our ministries. We're seeing signs of it. Is this stuff conditional? Let's uh, throw that one to Dr. Bruce. Uh, I believe most prophetic words today are conditional. Uh, you know, they're the, the, the words that are not conditional are the words that God speaks. Like when God said, let there be light. That, that's a first cause. That's a causative word. That's not conditional. Uh, so that's not a conditional word. Uh, when God said, uh, you know, let, uh, I'll set a bow in the cloud, you know, so that it, uh, to establish my covenant uh, with man, that it will not, uh, uh, I won't destroy the earth by water again. That's not a, a conditional word. <laughs> that's, that's a covenantal word. It's a causative word. And, uh, so you have, you have covenantal words, you have causative words that are from the Lord, and those are not conditional. But uh, uh, often the words that uh, come through men, uh, yes, uh, can be conditional because uh, they're conditional on our faith. They're conditional. Okay, on so our, like jo so Jonah. They're conditional on the faith of the hearer. So, so the jo Jonah goes to Nineveh and goes, 40 days, you're dead. Right, Bruce? Right. But that that word never happened because Correct. they repented. He repented. Right? That's right. So that was that would be a conditional word. Now let me jump up to uh, Pastor Tim Taylor, and um, I want to talk about the word when Jerusalem was having that they were surrounded, they were under siege, they were having a massive famine in the city, and the word came that tomorrow that there was going to be bread and it was going to be all this stuff. Right. And the one dude doubted. Now that was like what Dr. Bruce just said, that that was the word of the Lord. It was going to happen, but that guy, something happened to him. And he died. Yeah. He didn't get any of it. <laughs> no, so the, the, the thing. Ha so can that happen to us too? Like, Hey, America's going to be saved and we want people to do things. You need to, you know, vote, run oh. for office, do whatever. But, um, but you might not get it. Well, let me answer it this way. So when we look back at Israel in Egypt, God made one decision to deliver Israel. And yet, if you stood with Pharaoh, you had one set of experiences. But if you chose to set yourself up in Goshen, 
you had a very different experience. And the point is, God can make a decision. And, and that's what I would submit to you today. I think God is getting such a bad rap about the judgment of God, because today is not so much about what God judged against us. It's about what we're judging about his word, because we choose to believe or choose not to. If you understand how the world works, then it's like you can operate your life in accordance with those blessings. But if you ignore that, then you suffer, if you will, the warnings that the manufacturer put in the owner's manual. So good. Amen. You know, um, we uh, we have an army, right? The church is, is called a family. It's called an army. It's called a city. There's a lot of things. And, we, you know, I recognize that we are, you know, in an army, you have, you know, what is it? 95% of the army is like logistics, right? You only have about three to 5% of the military ever on the front line at any given time, right? You're, you're a, a former command Navy commander. So this is uh, obviously coming to Statistics you. Statistics a little different, but the, but the principle is yes, that's yes. That's correct. So, but, it, but there's uh, and then within just the armed forces, you know, you have air force uh, Marines, you have uh, ar army, you have coast guard, you have Navy, um, and so we recognize that people have different different callings. What is the secret uh, to understanding your place and making sure that you're fulfilling the the plan of God for your life? I'm gonna let Tim take that. Well, one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to your first relationship with the Lord because there's a couple of things I would submit to you uh, that uh, you know what you're describing is actually spoken of in Scripture in Joel chapter two talks about the day of the Lord, and it talks about a people who come forth like whom the world's never seen before. It says a fire burns before them, behind the flame burns. It says in verse 11 of Joel 2, the Lord gives voice before this army, strong as the one who executes his word. And the thing is, we have to recognize, number one, we have a personal assignment, we have a personal gift, we have a personal call, but no, Dr. Bruce alluded to this earlier, no vision's ever fulfilled alone. You're always a tied or connected to something bigger than yourself. And we got to realize, you know, we are connected in the body of Christ. We all have a part to play. And then we have a part to play, not just in our own personal life, but also within the context of, Lord, where have you connected me in the body of Christ? What vision has God given you that's aligned with another vision you're supposed to be a part of and support and collaborate and cooperate with that? Okay, and real quick, Dr. Bruce, uh, just playing off what Tim just said. Do you, do you need to go after it? Do you need to like go for it? Of course. Of course. Is God just going to dump his will on you or is there some activity that's going to be required of you? No, there's always, uh, always things required of us. There's God's part. There's our part. And, uh, you know, uh, we can be dependent. We can be independent, but I believe that we're called to be interdependent. Uh, that's be part of the body. Uh, and to, uh, you know, function as a body, uh, be, uh, uh, do our part and also learn how to, uh, engage with others to uh, get more done as Tim's talking about. Yeah. We, so good. And I, you know, and as just as a guy, I just want to tell my, uh, my listeners how much I appreciate you two guys when I'm like struggling or I'm like needing some advice, you guys always come through for me when I like, like this is it, or I give you like I had a dream or whatever. And uh, just the importance of that fellowship, right? That, that koinonia uh, fellowship where we can love each other, hear from each other. But ultimately what you're both saying 
loud and clear. Let me just recap it for our listeners right now. Pray and read your Bible. Get to know the Lord. Is that what you guys are saying or not? Yes. I would also put it this way. Pray and obey. Yes. For there's no better way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. That's the song. But we'll say pray and obey. We're uh, running out of time. Uh, Tim Taylor, why don't you tell us a little bit about your ministry and how people can get in touch with you and, and be part of this great prayer movement that you're helping lead? Well, you can go to kingdomleague.org to learn more um, about what it is that we do. But the bottom line is uh, we just have a strategy God's given us that helps unite the body of Christ from Catholic, Charismatic, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, and everything in between. But it's not just prayer. It also requires establishing the elders back in the gates in the seven spheres with a fivefold in mind. We've done that around the world and seen many uh, blessings. Dr. Bruce, real quick. Uh, my website's thecourtsofheaven.org, thecourtsofheaven.org. Thanks for uh, have, for having me on today, Doug. You guys are a blessing. I, this is Doug Vassar. You're listening to Doug and Marty versus the World. You can go to dougandmarty.com to contact us, also to hear past episodes. My guest today has been Tim Taylor from King League and Dr. Bruce Cook from Courts of Heaven Ministries. God bless you. Get out. Have a great weekend. It's July. Are you kidding me? And summer is waiting for you. God bless you. See you next time.